Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Lord, thank you. Okay, um, to start this, I'm just going to go over things that are familiar. Um, Like we all know, we pray. There's prayer. There's different kinds of prayer. Petitions, supplication, praise, thanksgiving, worship, intercession, warfare, agreement, confessions, communion with the Lord. There's, there's all sorts of prayer. And sometimes as you pray, um, and I just want to say this is a recommendation, pray in the spirit more than anything else. And one of the reasons um, we have found out is so that we don't pray amiss. So that we're sure we're praying the will of God. So we're sure that these prayers are his heart. Because sometimes um, what we've noticed or what I've noticed is sometimes you pray something in the word, you negate it by your prayer. And you go back and you're going back and forth because you can't keep your confession straight. Because when there's a situation that's before you, you see the situation. Yes, you know, you, you speak the word of God into it, but then the situation comes and you negate your... So you know what? Um, We're learning to pray in the spirit more. And then with your mouth, say thank you. With your mouth, you praise. With your mouth, you worship. I mean in your language, yeah, in your known language. So pray in the spirit more. So prayer. So sometimes as we pray, the Lord drops um, a word into our heart. You know, and that's when you're praying in the spirit. Sometimes you hear a Bible verse here and there, and he, he highlights that verse to you. Um, and it says, you know, Second um, Timothy 2.15 says, you know, um, study, that's the word, to show yourself approved unto God. A workman who needeth not to be ashamed so that you rightly divide the word of truth. So you receive a word, you study it, you meditate on it, and then you see what the Lord is asking you to do with it. Do you pray it? Do you live it? Do you give it out? Okay. Um, and as well as in prayer, we realize it's the Holy Spirit who helps us pray anyway. He's there to help us pray. It's when we say we pray in the Spirit, it's we pray by Him who lives inside of us. And as you do this, what happens? Faith grows. Yes. Um, and what is faith? That's something we're going to look into. Um, Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. The only way our faith can grow is by the word. You hear the word, you meditate on it, you listen to it, that's how your faith grows, because you come to believe it. Because faith is believe. You only believe. What did um, Jesus say to Jairus? He said, only believe. Only believe. That's what it takes, belief. You know, sometimes he may ask you to walk in the knowledge of what you've believed, Yeah, but believe is the major thing. And when you believe, um, I'm not sure if this is one of your quotes, um, but the vehicle of faith is love. All right. Basically, there must be love in our hearts. Whatever it is, love must be the basis of everything we do, everything we say. Even when we pray, there has to be love. That's, That's our you know, stamp in this house. We walk in love, we, it's the love walk, and it's beautiful. Faith, also the Bible tells us very clearly, faith works by love. Okay, so, um, so we know prayer, we know the word, we have faith, and the other thing is your heart, which, you know, is intertwined with love. Um, Proverbs 23, 26, the, this is what the Lord wants. He says, My son, give me your heart. He wants our hearts. He wants all of your heart. Not little part of it. He wants all of your heart. And he said, let your eyes observe and delight in my ways. So it's our heart. It's like, what did God say about David? This is a man after my heart. All right. And that's why David David wasn't, you know, um, he, 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 he sinned. Yeah, but God loved him. Why? Because he, he, at the bottom of everything, David's heart was for the Lord. And that's what he wants us to be like. Our heart to him. All right. Um, Jeremiah 29, 13 also talks about our heart. 
He says, then you will seek me, inquire for, require me as a vital necessity, and find me when? When you search for me with all of your heart. All of your heart. Not a little bit, not part, all of your heart. Okay. Um, so those are our basics. You pray in the spirit. The spirit gives you, it says, you know, he gives you wisdom. The spirit of wisdom and understanding comes from him. He gives you wisdom. All right. And so therefore, you know what? You have to, you have to be able to hear what the spirit is saying. And the only way you can do that is by listening. You pray in the spirit, you listen. You know, you're praying in the spirit, you, you make it a conscious effort to listen. What is he saying? Lord, what are you saying to me? All right, and whatever it is he says to us, we do. All right, if he gives us an instruction, we do it. All right, and... Um, you know, we look at Jesus, for example. Um, how did Jesus know when, when Lazarus died? How did Jesus know not to go immediately uh, when Lazarus was sick? Sorry. How did he know? The Spirit told him. Yeah. So everything that Jesus did, don't forget Jesus is our, I'll say that, Jesus is our example. It's him we look to. You know, it's him we follow. It's him we emulate. All right, so Jesus needed the Spirit. It says he was filled, you know, after his baptism by John, you know, he was filled with the Spirit. And then from then on, he walked in the knowledge of the Spirit. All right. Um, okay. Um, I'll, just, I'll just throw a few things in. I mean, it, it might seem not joined, but, you know, bear with me. These were things the Lord said. Um, I know, Pastor Rod, you always used to say to us, um, we want to get to the number 300. Yeah, we used to pray into, we want to become 300. And I believe that was from Gideon. Was it the 300? I'm not sure where 300 came from, but, I, you know, it came from the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but when I was looking at Gideon, the 300 crept up. And it says, um, and in Judges 7, 7, the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men who lacked, I will deliver you. And as I began to meditate on that, I realized that um, Gideon had 32,000 in the beginning. Yeah? And the Lord weeded them out. No, no, no. And he was left with um, 300. And he had to, I actually went and checked it. How, how many? I said, how many were the, in the other camp? They don't exactly know, but they said at least 135,000. At least. A hundred and, th and um, the Lord said 300 were enough. And I did the percentage and it was um, 3%. And I, you know, I'm saying this because I, I don't know whether, I think we are more than 3% of what we used to be. That's so, what I'm saying is the Lord can work with 3%. Yes. Yeah, he can work with whoever is willing. If it's one man the Lord finds, he will work with one. But we are more than that. Yes? So I just wanted that. As, the Lord threw that in, and I was, I was very encouraged by that. Yes? And, um, yeah, when Gideon went forth, it says, The Lord clothed Gideon. He clothed Gideon with his spirit. All right? And you know what? He can clothe every single one of us. Every single one of he is going to clothe us. You have the faith for that because he's not a respecter of persons. All right. Second, as I said, it's going to be little bits and pieces that come together. Second Timothy 1.12. Um, and this is from the Amplified. I don't, are we doing scriptures? I'm not sure. Jonathan, I did give you scriptures, but they're all over the place. <laughs> My scriptures, I don't know if I'm following them, but they're all over the place. Okay. All right. 2 Timothy 1, 12, Amplified. It says, the confidence of my calling enables me, listen, to overcome every difficulty without shame. Why? For I have an intimate revelation of this God. And my faith in him convinces me that he's more than able, more than able to keep all that I have placed in his hands safe and secure until the fullness of his appearing. Are you 
keeping things to yourself or are you completely placing them in his hands? Yes, he says, I have the confidence that he will enable every difficulty, not one or two or three, every single difficulty he enables us to overcome. Why? I have an intimate revelation of God. I have an, in and that's what struck me in this verse. I have an intimate revelation of God. Um, I know that one of the things, especially in here, is that we're pursuing. Our pursuit is to know God. It's to know him more than we did yesterday, more than we did last year, more than I did yesterday. We pursue the knowledge of this God that we have. Who are you? What are you like? Because in knowing him, you get to know you. Because you are, you are made in his likeness. Not only that, he's come to live in us. I'm coming to that. All right, an intimate knowledge. You have to know him like this. God has to be your best friend. He has to be your, your confidant. He has to be everything to you. In fact, one thing I did share, uh, I, I, I was on one of the Wednesdays, is that, you know, um, just to get me into that place where I'm conscious of him all the time, you know, I have what we call a prayer reminder. It's just a little dim to remind me, tune in to him, turn your affections to him through the day. Every hour he goes off, dim, ah, have I spoken to you in the last hour? I haven't. Where are you? Why? He has to become my intimate friend. Yeah, I have to have an intimate revelation of him because the more I speak to him, the more he speaks to me. All right? And I, I, I... I progress in this journey that I'm on to the extent that I know him. You know, the more I know him, the greater my, my faith is and the more, you know, I, 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 I fulfill what he want, has for me. There's a destiny for each one of us. He has a plan and a destiny for each one of us, okay. which we must fulfill. And the only way you can fulfill it is by listening to him, is by hearing how he tells you to fulfill it. Because on our own, I tell you, I've missed it many times, many, many times, and that's why I've come to this decision. You know what? No more me knowing it, Lord. Every hour, may I tune in to you and check. Yeah. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I on the path? Have I missed it? Bring me back because I've made too many mistakes. And that's because sometimes you think you know it. And you know why? Sometimes he tells you to do it one way today and tomorrow it's different. But you think, well, I know it. I did it yesterday. So I'm doing it again. And you failed because that's not his way for you the next day. So there's no, for me, there's no more independence. There's no more. I know it. I don't. I need him. Okay. So I, it says, I have an intimate revelation of this God. All right. I'll tell you what started all this was actually Philippians. Yeah. I'm coming to Philippians 3, 10 to 11. Again, it's in the Amplified. And I think I do have that one down. All right. Paul, and you know what? Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Philippians was the last book Paul wrote, yes? Before he... he yeah. Philippians 3, 10 to 11. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly, more clearly. Why? That I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope that, if possible, I may attain whew, to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. Sounds like a long, a long verse, but what got me was actually verse 11. And you know what it says there? It says, okay, but what it was saying before is, I'm going to chase him. I'm going to know him. I'm going to follow till I know him. I'm going to find out everything there is to know about him. Why? So that I may attain to the spiritual 
and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. So that while I'm alive, while I'm in the body, I will live the resurrected life, is what it's saying. Not that I'm waiting till I die, then I know. We all know when we die. we're all in Jesus. Yes, everybody, anyone who doesn't know Jesus here, let's get you to know Jesus. No. All right? If you know Jesus, you know for a certainty. If you die today, you will be resurrected. And you will be resurrected in him. You know your eternal home is with the Lord. Eternity. Yeah? All right? But this says, while I'm alive, I will live the resurrected life. I want to know how, both spiritually, morally, to live. I want to know how to live the resurrected life. So even though many people think, yeah, well, you know, in the, in the by and by when I, no, now, now, that means his resurrected life. Don't forget Jesus, Jesus didn't live the resurrected life on earth. Yeah? He hadn't died and resurrected. Yeah? While he was on earth. He died, he resurrected, and he went back into heaven. So it's not even the life Jesus lived on earth that I'm to live. It is his resurrected life, which is even above what he lived while he was on earth. And that's why you have scriptures that say everything that pertains to life and godliness is yours now. That's why he says you live in heavenly places with him. That's where he is. He isn't here. He's living there because he's resurrected. The Holy Spirit is with us. But he's there. So I thought, wow, Lord, there's even greater than I know. That I'm able to live the way Jesus lives today on earth. While I'm in my body. And I'm like, Lord, I will pursue that. That is higher than what I ever have thought. And it, it, it does take some meditation. It does. So basically, and we have another scripture that says, as he, as he is, so am I. It didn't say as he was when he was on earth. He said as he is today. As he is today, so am I. I think that's 1 John 4. Just so that it will be not that I am saying it. I think I have it somewhere. It's, I think it's 1 John. Yes. Um, 1 John 4.17. 1 John 4.17. It says, In this union and communion with him, love is brought to completion, and it attains perfection with us that we may have confidence for the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him. Why? Because as he is, so are we in the world. And you know the funny thing, when John wrote this, Jesus was already dead and risen. Yeah, John wrote this and he said, as he is, so are we. But Jesus was already resurrected, so he was talking of the resurrected Christ. He wasn't talking of the Christ who walked on earth, he's talking of the resurrected Christ. And Jesus in John 17 says, so that we become one. So we are one with the resurrected Christ. Not even with the Christ who walked on earth. So you know what? You've got to raise your level. You've got to raise your thinking. You've got to raise your faith. You've got to meet him there. It can't be where we were. Definitely, that's where I know I need to go. Yes? Yeah? So, so... What's it like for Jesus today? I'm going to address a very sore subject, which is sickness and disease. Even when Jesus was walking on the face of the earth, no sickness, no disease, not to talk of now. All right? So what's his perfect for us? No sickness, no disease, no infirmity. And I'm going to challenge our faith. Do you know what? It's a mindset. I believe it's a mindset. <laughs> if he says, I am the way he is, right now, 
If he says, the spirit that raised him from the dead lives in me. If he says, like we saw in the verse earlier, that I can live that life while I'm still in the body, do you know what? We sentence sickness and disease and infirmity. We sentence those things to hell. They don't belong to us. But it's a walk of faith. You've got to believe it. What did we say about faith? Only believe. So it is, in fact, it doesn't require anything for us to do. It's done. It's a known fact. It's believe it and walk in it. All right? And your confession, you know, your confession has to align with it. Where is your go-to in your head? When anything happens, what do you go to? And that's why we need to know the word. We need to meditate on the word. We need, the word has to be like this. It has to become, it has to become like the food we eat. It has to become life to our spirits. So that the immediately, immediately, that's where your, your first thought goes. It's the word. It's not, you know, and, and you know, don't get me wrong. It's, I'm, 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 it's, it's what I'm doing right now. I haven't shared even with, maybe, maybe just Deji and Tina, but it's what I have to do right now as well. It's what I have to do. All right, what, what happens? Um, what? I have a pain in my leg and I declare I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. Jesus paid the price. I am not going to deal with it. And, and you know, there was something else I was looking at. And I don't, I don't quote Isaiah 53 for illness anymore because it says it, it, it was before Jesus came. Don't get me wrong. It was what Jesus was coming to do to take away sickness and disease. I would rather do First Peter 2 um, uh, and 24. By his stripes we were. It's not going to be. It has been done. So all I need to do is to walk in it. I need to know it. My spirit needs to believe it so that I walk in it. So that I'm not asking for healing. It's mine already. Before I'm sick, which means we need to be able to walk in divine health. Yes? It's not, it's not, oh, I wait till I get, oh, I wait till something happens and then I begin to pray against it. Oh, God, no, 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 no. Every day you wake up, every morning you wake up, you walk in divine health. It's yours. He says it is yours. Why? Because you're one with him. That's what we just listened to. You are, we are one with him. So we need to be able to walk in divine health. We need to be able to walk in divine wisdom. We need to be able to walk in the same way that he's working. Or, or, he's, he's, where he is now is who we are. Not where he was. Not even where we were. But where he is right now. All right? Um, something to help us in this. Um, thank you, Pastor Rod. Because I, I, I just confess my sins here. Pastor Rod taught us week after week, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. I've, I've, I've confessed my sins to you before. I used to be like, why is he teaching that again? <laughs> Every, no, true. <laughs> He's come again to righteousness. Why is he teaching? I, we've had that before. Until one day when it hit me, and, and that's why I was only until then I was able to say thank you. We, <laughs> woo, there can be no accusation against you. You said yes to Jesus. Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. There can be no accusation against you. Does it mean you've never sinned since then? No. But I tell you, when you're walking with the Spirit, when you're walking in this knowledge of the Spirit and you're listening to him, like as I said, you know, tuning into him all the time, I'm telling you, before a thought of sin even comes, it has to go. Because you are so aware. Ah, I see it come and go. So you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Sin cannot sit in you. It can't. So the devil has no right to accuse you of sin. When you know who you are, 
the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus gave us his righteousness. So sin has no place in you. If you sin, repent right there. Lord, I'm so, and you know why we repent? The only reason why we repent is for us. It's for us. Jesus paid the price for it 2,000 years ago, but for us. Why? Because the devil is able to say, well, you did this, you did this. Uh, so, and that's why we have repentance. You say, sorry. Sorry, Lord. Boom. You can't accuse me. No, it's, it, it's, it might, it's, it, that's, that's how it has been. And um, that was 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake, he made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in and through Christ, we might become endued with, viewed as being in and examples of the righteousness of God. What we ought to be approved, acceptable, in right relationship with him by his goodness. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's your label. Wear it. Wake up every morning. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. His mercies are new every morning, by the way. So there can be no accusation against you. There's no fear. There's no, it, it banishes fear. It completely deals with fear. Okay. And um, while I was meditating on the righteousness of God in Christ, um, I realized that, you know what, when we go back to the Garden of Eden, there was no sickness, no disease, nothing. Um, It's only when sin came in that we had sickness and disease and infirmity, even decay. I actually, you know, you begin to wonder, what was it like in the Garden of Eden? When they take a fruit, there's no decay. There's no rotten leaves or, you know, rotten grass. What you, 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 um, I once read, I think it was um, Robert Learden. He went to, he was taken to heaven as a little boy. And one of the things he said was, um, when you walk on the grass, it bounces back. There's no decay. No old leaves. You don't have to do gardening when you go. They don't have to. There, there's no decay. The leaves don't decay. So obviously when you pluck a fruit, maybe another one just pops out. There's no, there's no rottenness at all. And that's why it says even creation is waiting for the manifestation of us. Creation is waiting for us to manifest who we are. Because even over creation, we have authority. We can speak to things, even the sand, even the trees. We speak. How, how many people have heard about speaking to plants and they grow and they do well? You speak lovingly to they do well. I had it. I was, I had, um, when I was working um, on my windowsill, people, um, I'm not, I'm not very um, flowery <laughs> friendly. Um, but, you know, people give flowers when it's your birthday or something. And I had on my windowsill, I had orchids. Praise God for orchids because they, they, they um, can go without um, uh, water for a long time. So my orchids are my... And I, I noticed, I, had, I think I had three pots. And they were not looking the best. And you quickly remember, you put some water. And, so, and you know, I'm like, you know what? I began to talk to them. I come in every morning and uh, I say, you know what, I'm so sorry I haven't looked after you properly. You know, do well, blossom. You know, you, you. <laughs> believe me, they grew. <laughs> I remember many people in the office would come like, hey, Abby, what happened to your flowers? <laughs> I spoke to them. <laughs> and it's the truth, it's the honest truth. They blossomed. They came back. All right, so I'm just saying... Um, so, um, decay, everything started because of sin. Sickness, disease, all of it because of sin. So why is it easy for us to believe that we are forgiven for our sins, but when it comes to sickness, we struggle? Same thing. Exactly the same. The same faith you need to believe that you, when you die, are going to heaven because you have no sin because of what Christ's blood has done is exactly the same faith you need 
so that sickness and disease does not dwell in you. It's exactly the same. They both came in at the same time. All right. Um, and as I said, the extent of knowledge and understanding that we have is the extent to which we will walk in who God has really called us to be. Pursue knowledge. Pursue. When you read the word, do not stop until you get a revelation from it. I'm learning to do that. If it's one verse I stay on, I will stay there. Until there's revelation. Not just I can repeat the verse, but that it does something to my spirit. It has to do something to our spirits. Guys, you know why? Because it's time for the kingdom of God to be manifested out there. If we can't manifest the kingdom of God in our homes, how are we going to go out? How are we going to show the world? The world, they're looking for signs and, and um, wonders. They're looking for miracles. And I'm coming to that. All right. Um, just another scripture to um, confirm. John 7, 38. It says, he who believes in me, who cleaves to, trusts and in, and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow springs and rivers of living water. What's that? It's the Holy Spirit. We carry the Holy Spirit inside of us. And he's ready to flow out. He's ready. He's like, come, let's go. Where, where are we going today? And then you just ignore him. He's ready. He's ready. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, you'll find that as you begin to meditate on your word, as you spend time, and when I say spend time, it's time of communion. It's time where I dedicate this time to sit with you, Lord, to sit in your presence, sometimes saying nothing. I've just come to visit with you, Lord. I've come to experience you. And you sit there. Let him talk to you. Say, I'm waiting. Don't read your word without doing that. As you meditate, wait. Hear him speak. I'm telling you, he will, he will give you revelation. And that revelation that he gives you for that day is the word you have to speak to whoever you meet. You'll be shocked. Yeah, that word will apply to whoever it is. He, what has he called us to do? Okay, it's great that we get to know this and we live it and we have it. It's not for us only. He says, I've called you to be witnesses. I've called you. There's so many. You know what Jesus said is for the joy of reconciling man unto the father that he came. What will bring Jesus the most joy? The more people that come into the kingdom. And we are the only witness that they will have. It has to be us. They have to see us. Um, what happened to you, Jesus? Would you like to know him? Like Tina. Tina's not here today, Deji's wife. She will say, try Jesus. I loved it. When I first heard her say it, she tells people, try Jesus. You don't, you, why don't you try Jesus? It's simple. If they like your life, if anyone asks you about your life, it's Jesus. Be quick to give a testimony about Jesus. Be quick. Live it. Let them see it. Okay? Make him visible. All right. Um, I don't think I'm going to get through everything. Um. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Lord. Um, okay. Um, okay. Whew. When it comes to, um, I'm going to come to Deji now, and um, the things that we have, yeah, like Pastor Rod said, you know, he has given us a roadmap for where we're going. And part of that is go out there. Part of that is get onto the streets. Go evangelize, speak to people. But if we don't know these things, what are we going to say? Huh? What are we going to say? Um... Let me, there, there's a, yeah, there was one, where did I put it? It was um, Jesus when he gave, yeah, okay. There's so much, okay. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll just give one more before I, I get, get to.
to what Jesus wants us to do. Colossians 1. Um, maybe I won't read the whole thing. I was going to read from, no, I'll read it from 1 to 4. I'll just read it. Colossians 1. Um, Paul, an apostle, a special messenger of Christ Jesus the Messiah, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints, the consecrated people of God, and believing and faithful brethren in Christ, who are at Colossae. Grace, spiritual favor, and blessing to you. You know, that's something you can always say to someone. That's, someone you, that's, that's something you give out when you meet people. Grace, spiritual favor be yours. Yes, he said to you, and heart peace from God our Father. He says, we continually give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, as we are praying for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Now, and then he tells us what that faith is. It says, the leaning of your entire human personality on him. In absolute trust, confidence in his power, his wisdom, and his goodness. And it is also, and of the love which you have and you show for all the saints, God's consecrated ones. What's, what's your human personality? What's that made of? It's everything about you. Everything about you. Whether it's your thoughts, um, your ability to make decisions, your feelings, your emotion, everything. Your entire, entire. So it's not part of you that has to have this faith. It's everything about you. Your thoughts. Your ability to make decisions. Yes, it's your, uh, your emotions. <laughs> your feelings. How do you lean your emotions on, on the Lord? How do you lean your emotions on the things that he has said? He's, amen. Thank you. He said, don't let them dictate to you. Don't let your emotions or your feelings or your thoughts dictate to you who you should be, what you should think, how you should feel. Don't. You have a choice. You, you are Lord over your own thoughts, over your will, over your emotions, over your feelings, over your words. You have authority over that yourself. Don't let them take you anywhere apart from from the word. Train yourself. Before you speak, think it. You know why I say think it? Even your thoughts have to align. However, sometimes when you have said it, the enemy has it and takes it. The enemy doesn't have your thoughts. The Bible says, take no thought for. So you can take or reject a thought. So before you say it, think it. If it doesn't line up with the word, reject it. Don't even think it. So that whatever comes out of your mouth has to line up. Lean your entire human personality on him and his ways. Everything about you must be in line with what he has said. Okay. Um, I just wanted to add that. <laughs> uh, about what faith was. All right, um, so I was going on to what Deji has, has given to us. Um, one of the things that um, he said, on the 10th of December, he was listening to the Lord, and the Lord said, only those who are willing to activate their faith for revival should remain because there needs to be unity. We all have to be doing this. It's not just one or two and we depend on, no, all of us. All of us must rise up to this. Yes, all of us. Um, there has to be unity. And he says, angels are waiting over CCF for revival for the conditions to be right. When all of us come together in unity, when all of us agree that the word is basically our plumb line in everything, you know, that means all of us, whether I, I meet Jennifer today or I meet Philippa tomorrow, they're all saying the same thing. What did he say? He said, angels are waiting. Angels are waiting for unity. 
Yeah, and when we come in the unity of spirit, when we're all on the same page, can you imagine what will happen? Even, even it said, um, I think it's the Tower of Babel, isn't it? When they came together in unity, God said, there's nothing that these people cannot achieve. Boom. He had to bring them down because where they were going in unity was the wrong place. But when we come together in unity on the word, there's nothing. There's nothing that will be withheld from us. I'm talking of the things of God. So it's so important for us to knit our hearts together in unity, for all of us to be on the same page in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our actions, in everything to do with us. We have to be together. Because he has a mandate for us. He has a job for us to do. He's given us clapham to Battersea. We have to go out. We have to, what are we going to show them? Yes, so um, angels are waiting for the conditions to be right. And you know, angels do the bidding of his word. So if, if we all, if, if, if three of us go out and one is saying, oh, yeah, you may be healed. And one is saying, you are healed. And one is saying, you were healed. What, what do you want the angels to do? Which... <laughs> No, they're confused. They're not ready. The angels will stand. Yeah? We have to be on the same page, saying the same thing, believing the same thing. We're going, and, and we have one plumb line. It's the word. The, the word doesn't confuse itself. The word is one. And we all have to be on it. So he, he says they're waiting. Yeah? Um, and he has said to us, the window for God's miracles is open over CCF. The window is open over us. Come on. The window over us is open. He's waiting for us. So what's the declaration of your mouth? As an individual, are you in line? Don't get me wrong. As I said, I'm also on this in terms of you get your declaration right. When it comes to health, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you declaring on a daily basis? Some people have things that they have to say every day. By the stripes of Jesus, I was. I was healed. Yeah? And we say, I walk in divine health. Why? Because that's what God, the Lord has given to us. I choose to walk in divine health every day. And it should be your confession daily until even in your sleep, someone wakes you up. I am healed. You don't have to think because it's become part of your DNA. Anything that comes out, you, there's no space for you here. Out. Okay. Um, and then Luke 9, 1 to 2. Luke 9, 1 to 2. Jesus called together the 12 apostles and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to announce and preach the kingdom of God and to bring healing. It was healing that they took out. You know something, I, when I was reading this, and also, um, I think Luke 10, 19, behold, I give you authority. It occurred to me that these, these, these disciples were not born again yet. That's why he had to give them authority, not power. Because I think if you read the Greek, it says, I give you authority over the power of the enemy. That's what it says in the Greek. But you know what, what's ours? Acts 1.8. That's ours. They weren't born again. So he, they had to be given authority over the power. I was thinking, because I have quoted that for years. Behold, you know, and I was thinking, suddenly, you just suddenly realize, the twelve, at the time he said that to them, they had not received the Holy Spirit. They were not yet born again. That's why they had to have authority. Now we have power. Why? The power lives in us. I don't need authority because the very same power, the power is in me now. And out of my belly will flow this power. I don't need authority. Authority is delegated power. Yeah, it's now mine because he lives in me. I can now dispense the power from me. Don't ever wonder. Don't, look, we need to, we need to have that faith. We need to just declare it. I have the power to heal you. I have it. Why? The Holy Spirit lives in me. So when I lay hands on you, it's the power of the Holy Spirit rising up from me into you. I don't need authority. 
I have the power. Acts 1 8, I think. Do I have it? I don't know if I wrote it. But Acts 1 8. Is it there? <laughs> Thank you. It says, You shall receive power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Are you f- I, has the Holy Spirit come upon you? You have the power. You have the power. We have power. We, and this, if you check in the Greek, this is dunamis. This isn't, ex- I think the authority is exousia or something. Deandre? Yeah? Exousia. Something like that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but we have dunamis. It's in you. So you don't need to think, okay, I don't know if I can stand in the authority. You have the power. It's, it's, it's like, if, if let's use layman's language. Um, we, we have a spoon of medicine to give someone, and it's in my hand. And I need authority to give you this medicine. It's in your hand. Give it. You have the power. Out of your belly flows rivers of living water. All right. And I'm, I'm coming here because um, this is what the Lord is asking us to do. He said, it's, it's, it's time to get out of your pews. It's time to get off the seats. It's time to go out and show me. It's time to make Jesus visible. What else do we need? <laughs> what else do we need? You have the power. Jesus says, he, he said, we looked at it in um, Philippians, where he said, first of all, he says, as I am, you are. As he is today, not as he was when he was walking the earth. Even if that's all we had, great, but we have more. As he is. And he, so we have power. So there's a challenge to us. There's a challenge to us. There's nothing else that we need. We have everything that we need to make Jesus Christ visible. And there's a world to win outside. There is. Apart from start it in your house. Start it in your own home. Start it. So what, what is my charge? Make sure on a daily basis you plug into the Lord. That what we call the secret place, don't play with it. Don't play with it. That's where you get charged up for the day. That's where you visit his presence. That's where you meditate on the word. That's where he arms you for what you're going to meet that day. And don't forget, it's to bring glory to him. It's to bring people to know him and that he will be glorified. Yeah. So whatever you do, don't, whatever else is your priority right now, change it. Make that time your priority. Doesn't matter whether you do it. I, I, I feel it's better to do it when you wake up. Then you're armed for the day. Because by the time you go out and come back, the cares of the world, things you've met, have weighed you down. And you, didn't, you weren't able to, to adequately combat those things. In the morning, arm yourself. A soldier goes out to buy. He doesn't say, oh, let me go see what the enemy is. What's he doing? Then I come back for my gun. No. He goes armed. So arm yourself before you go out. And, and that's what you do. Please. I know it, 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 it's just to help illustrate what it looks like. You're going out unclothed, un- unarmed. No. Remember what we said about Gideon? The Holy Spirit clothed him. The Holy Spirit came upon him and, and anointed him, basically. You need to go out anointed. We're not living in an easy world right now, let me tell you. We're not. The enemy knows his time is short, so he's on the rampage. So you need to go out and say, hey, I'm ready for you. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just want to say thank you. And like we did the other night, we say yes to you. We're not going to sit down like we were. Thank you for showing us who we are. Thank you for paying the price, Lord Jesus. 
And Lord, to honor you, we say yes. We say yes. I, actually, Lord, it's, it's actually exciting to know that we can go out and we're winners. Every time we go out, every time we speak your word, every time we show who you are, we have won, Lord. And we just say thank you because you won it all for us already, Lord. And the only way we can honor you and say thank you is to do the same, is to make you known, is to make you visible. So we want to say yes. And even, even here today, if there's any sickness or disease amongst us, we sentence sickness, disease, and infirmity in this house today. We sentence you to hell. We say out in the name of Jesus. We declare healing in this room because that's what the Lord Jesus has done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Step into healing. Step into healing. By the stripes of Jesus, you have been healed. Step into it. There's nothing else to do but to step in to receive it in the name of Jesus. We say thank you. We say thank you, Lord. May you truly be glorified. May you truly be made known through your people. Each and every one of us, Lord, we leave this place with a mandate. We leave this place with a mandate to show the world who you are. We leave this place with a mandate to tell the devil where to go, to tell him we know we have overcome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We give everything of our human personality to you, Lord. Everything. We say, Lord, we choose to lean our total human personality on you. We choose to believe your word. We choose to walk in it. We choose to confess it. We choose to share it. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we refuse to remain the same. Every day we will look into your word. Every day we will rise up in your word. Every day we will dis dispense it, as it were. Thank you, Lord. So will you be glorified in the midst of us, Lord? Come and take your glory, Lord. The glory is yours. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 